Loud Burn Podcast, the number one info source for Canada culture, business, and entertainment on the interwebs and airways for BIPOC folk. We are your hosts from the Empire State, Brooklyn's finest, Victor X, and the new host, the Blunt Baddie Lady Blue. Say hello to the folk. Hello, folks. We will not be joined by our regular host, but he will be back around Harlem's Hefe Truth and Healing from Dirty Jersey, Don Juan Solo, by way of the Golden State of California. What up, family? Yo, so we are coming to you from us to wherever you're at. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Loud Burn. Copious applause. Hey, welcome back. Oh, welcome. Hello, welcome back. It's a, such a good time. It's good seeing y'all. It's good hearing from y'all. Right. Man, it feels like we've been around the world in only a few months. I can't even remember when we were last on the mic. It's Everybody, my fault. <laughs> back with the summertime glow, fresh tan, you know, looking right, you know. I love it. I love to see it. So... The last time that we were around, there's actually a story because I know that some of y'all have been um, talking my ear off about how, you know, we just stopped. And first of all, it never stopped. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we get a little stuck. You know, we we are doing things out here where we are dedicated members of our community and our families and the streets. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) and the streets and i made a promise to all y'all that when i got vaccinated i was going to be out there in the streets i told y'all the streets were calling my name and i answered the call my name is vaccinated victor x and i have no shame that i hung from every single light pole in this city and i and i called out into the wilds of brooklyn and i said here i am find me And it was a great time, you know. So now that the 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 hot boy summer that I'm I'm titling it rolling through her deep is now over. We are back. It's technically not a new season. This is still season one, but <laughs> I'm treating it like this is a reinvigoration of of the magic formula that is the Loudburn podcast. And so that is why we 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 made some changes, but not that many. Mostly the changes are inside. <laughs> so with, with that, with that, um, I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off to um to Juan. You can go ahead and bring us in. Yeah. Ah. So you know, welcome back, family. It's been a minute. We missed y'all. Y'all been hitting us up. Like, yo, where's the pod? Where's the loud burn? And we back, you know, we back and blacker than ever with the new host. And we're jumping. So <laughs> so black. <laughs> Jumping off uh, into this next episode with a really interesting breakdown for y'all. A lot is happening in the world of cannabis. Um, you know, especially here in California, things are heating up as they pertain to social equity. You know, California has been in a drought, you know, which has been great for, for us and the weather. Just been soaking up all this sun and outside time. You know, women, weed, and weather in full effect, the trifecta, holy trinity. But um, this drought, uh, 
uh, it's causing like big issues when it comes to California growers, right? So recently, I think it was Vice News, um, they were covering this story just on what's going on with the the scene out in California with people fighting over water, essentially, right? Um, and this happened in Northern California, but yeah. it's just this really interesting dynamic where longtime residents um, are fighting really against a community of refugees, you know, that have come in from Southeast Asia, uh, really just uh, fighting for resources in a way that we all are, but that has really highlighted the way that uh, demand for resources can rise as a result of cannabis consumption and what that directly has um, on the relationships that people have with locals. So it's just one of the ways that we need to continue monitoring just the way that legalization is going to impact, you know, this landscape holistically, you know. So for everybody listening out in, listening out in California, it's like share the water, you know, take a shorter shower. I've embraced, you know, 10 minute showers myself. You know, it's 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 nice. Don't don't skip no spots. You know, make sure you wash your legs. But you know, gotta hit the particular. <laughs> right. Not, not advocating on uh, skipping any showers or you know limiting your washing. But uh, you know, try to conserve some water while you're at it. You know, hopefully it'll help us grow more weed and stop people from fighting over it. Hey man, that's a yeah. thing that really hurts about that. It's the fact that these are some of the best growers in their county and y'all hassling them and turning off the faucets just in their part of the uh, their neck of the woods, you know. <laughs> Most of these Seems people racist. you know coming mm, seem a little bit racist. And Biden's America, I'm noticing a theme with immigrant communities and and like good old fashioned racism. Yeah, I know it's, it's kind it's of like blatant. Not even yeah. new racism, not even like Gen Z racism. They I mean, these niggas was on horseback with right, right. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah the <laughs> racism. They bringing back old South racism in twenty twenty one. It is. It's like they're like, you know what, guys, we've had a break from this. You know, we've evolved, we've changed, but we need to get back to the real American roots. You know, real. We need to just call you straight out niggers. Like, you know, we pushing <laughs> around it. You know, but we're real, like, you know what, fuck it, you're a nigger, and that's exactly what's happening. And if you are anything but a person who is non-white yeah all right you're a nigger like there whatever nigger is in your particular non-whiteness way of living is exactly what they're calling you and treating you as so it's like really interesting to see just how aggressive it is almost it's like really all right and another thing to know is that yet again this isn't even happening to a black community so a lot of uh, immigrant communities who are thinking that you are above this Mm-mm. no you're not especially if you're going to be dealing in cannabis whatever injustices are meant to be visit- visited upon a person will be visited upon you as a person of color in the u.s first all right we can get into that all day i, I don't know if there's anything anyone else got otherwise let's keep it rolling i, I had my wonderful speech about we're all n words to them and just <laughs> Pick culture. You're I, think we, uh, 
right. gonna need to have to turn some of this shit into to t-shirts one day. It's, I feel a strong, <laughs> strong ancestral cry out to say, make that into a shirt. And I'm gonna be like, yes, Abba, I will. Okay, no problem. So uh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um so along those same lines, you know, and just looking at how the landscape of cannabis is changing and just like mm-hmm. who gets their foot in, you know, who gets the foot on their neck. Um, it's dope to see, you know, women of color, specifically like black women really emerging in this space and keeping like that equity lens, like first and uh, foremost, like in their mission and how they're just going about their organizations. Right. Um, and just looking at, you know, how that matches the entire landscape with just uh, women in business becoming increasingly more celebrated. Um, and just like, how do we create an environment that's like really supportive to women entrepreneurs? And it's like now to see like women entering the space, they're really thinking more about like, how do we create products and market them specifically for women? How do we create products and connect women to things that they actually need? Um, and then how do we create more opportunities for women looking to break into the space? Um, it's really cool. Uh, and one of the things that we, we noticed with legalization and even before that is just that, you know, year over year, sales for Gen Z women um, grow grew by like the highest percentage uh, when compared to any other cohort if you look at cannabis consumption, right? So women are becoming like the fastest consumers of cannabis. Side Little side note, um, my mom tried cannabis for the first time like over the summer. She tried a little edible um, and got Liddy. Um, <laughs> my aunt smoke, um, my stepmom consumes. So like I've, I've personally just been surrounded by a lot of women who uh, consume and partake in cannabis. So I've, I've kind of witnessed this firsthand. So it's really cool to kind of just see the, the trends overall uh, mirroring that. And it is actually because of those trends, which is why we here at The Loud Burn have, we actually started this search of, I want to say at the beginning of the year, because we realized that we were missing a, a large part of the BIPOC. We can't represent you, our audience, without actually like having voices that represent our audience. So then that that's why we ended up having to go out find a dynamic name to go and support our efforts a femme representing person um and we ended up finding that and and lady blue who who decided to take up the gambit on, on behalf of black women everywhere real champion of the vote um <clears throat> but going back to the article you know a little tangent i love a good tangent but um, it is something to be said there, where just like how immigrant communities are the biggest uh, part of the growth of the country, essentially the future of the nation is going to be a lot blacker, browner, um, and not everything in between, you know, it's also going to be a lot more um, female, you know, just as you were saying. But I don't think that we're realizing what that actually means. And so in order to help guide our ignorant asses through that process. <laughs> Would you like to take the next bullet point on this, Miss Blue? <laughs> so one of the things that I definitely noticed from this kind of like the researching things is how much women are becoming more connected to the idea of, you know, weed being something that they can consume 
in a way that feels safe and comfortable, you know, in a world that doesn't really make us feel that safe. So it's really nice to kind of have that um, ability to feel safe and comfortable in it. And one of the things I've definitely noticed is that women are definitely um, getting more into edibles and really enjoying that aspect of having it where it's something more convenient, something more, what's the word, edible? (laughs) But, you know, something where (laughs) they can consume it and it doesn't quite have that stigma to it, but that's not necessarily stopping people from, you know, using joints or all kinds of things. So, that's an interesting point, yo, because I definitely noticed from talking to a lot of people, there's more of a stigma around smoking specifically than cannabis consumption. And people, even myself, honestly, as I get older, I'm way more interested in getting high than I am in smoking. Like, if there's a way to just skip the smoking and go straight to the being high, sign me up, yo. You know what? I understand that there is a need for modernity, but y'all need to relax, all right? <laughs> Across the board. Look, I understand that everybody got jobs and everything, but sometimes you need to not separate the, the, the dark and dank side of your dank consumption. Vice is meant to be that. You can't make it too... too too honest you know what i'm saying like i want to be able to have interesting stories to pass on to my children when i lock myself in the room and it stinks like a skunk i want them to believe me when i say that there's a leprechaun that they have to catch otherwise it's going to keep on dropping stink bombs in the garage and then every single night for the rest of their lives until they realize that god dash is in his den smoking weed you know but Mm -hmm. i hear y'all i hear y'all I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm off of my tangent train. I'm getting off. Y'all, y'all, please do continue. <laughs> okay. But so, one of the things they're saying is that a lot of female consumers use cannabis to self-medicate for diagnosed conditions, including anxiety, anorexia, intention difficulties, pancreatic cancer, and PTSD. Some said they had poor success with prescribed pills or therapy and prefer to use marijuana instead, which I've definitely heard as well. A lot of the women that I have seen um, consuming have said that they're using it in a medicinal way. Not all, but some have said that and it has aided them in providing it has provided them with uh alternative way of helping with those particular conditions and with that i think what's interesting too is you see and this is just something that you know i love about women but specifically about black women and just women of color is that that natural inclination to want to do something that's more community serving right even as they're pursuing something where profit is the motive it's like all right how can we make money and lift each other up how can we make money and solve a need or address like a shared problem that we're all experiencing right so that's that's why it was really exciting to me to hear about you know la getting its first black dispensary specifically you know right off of crenshaw 
you know, so much love for that, for that neighborhood. You know, as somebody who's still new to LA, like I spent a, a lot of time in South LA, spent a lot of time on Crenshaw, um, and I smoke a lot of weed. So this is really just like a marriage of some of my favorite things. And now that I have the opportunity, you know, to support a black woman entrepreneur and cops on Bud when I'm in South LA, you know, I'm definitely gonna gonna check that out. So the dispensary or the uh, business I'm referring to is called Gorilla RX, and they're a black female-owned dispensary. They recently opened um, in South LA on Crenshaw. And what really caught our attention was this ad campaign that they launched. Um, and it's really called Black Women Get Us Higher. And it's really talking about the need for black women representation in cannabis. Um, but then also it's just a way to really bring awareness to her store um, and the shop. And just like as the cannabis industry continues to expand, you know, a lot of a lot of brands are really trying to feed the masses or appeal to like a wider group. Whereas Gorilla RX is really taking things to the next level by staying community focused, by staying rooted in their mission and their purpose, um, and really working to uplift the voices of, of other black people in cannabis. So this, this spot is really going to try to feature and distribute as many other black cannabis brands as possible. They're going to do a lot of community education just around like the health and wellness components. So it's all really exciting stuff. You touch on such a big point there. It, it, because, like, honestly, especially the community, the communal aspect is something that that is striking, actually, and how the woman in cannabis, the industry leaders of really the BIPOC movement, truthfully speaking, is Black women. Black women, yet again, are, are the ones who are leading, leading the charge here. And they are setting up business models that are so integral to actually keeping us in the game and not getting pushed out by the, the traditional forces of capitalism. And they're innovating too. So trust me, this is a group that you really want to key yourself into. And, and with that, I mean, I think, Keisha, you have, you have a couple of them. Yeah, it's very true. So I found this great article on Healthline and they were talking about five women of color taking back the cannabis industry. One thing that all of the women seem to have was the way that they're providing this type of innovative um, infusion, nice word there, into the industry where they are putting their, they're like taking their skills and the skills they learned in whatever they were doing in their past lives and putting it into the cannabis industry. And one of the businesses I didn't even think about as, a, um, as an idea was someone named Mary Pryor. She started something called Can Exclusive. It's an agency that fosters inclusion in the cannabis industry through marketing, visuals, consulting, counseling, thank you, advocacy, advocacy education and wellness guidance. And she also does stock photos, which seeks to normalize images of people of color consuming cannabis, which is so important because we know with stock photos, it is just racism light. And you, it's so hard to find stock photos of black people doing 
anything. So the fact that she has started something where you're including, like that is kind of part of your mission is including Black people. And this is so very wonderful. And I think that's the one thing that I kind of noticed with all of the women that they profiled in the article was how much that they were all making sure, like Juan said, to keep it community-based. So community can be the people that are near you or community can be the entire POC specifically, um, Black community. So it was really interesting to see how they, all of the women differently were tying those things together. And, you know, just going off of that, one of the things that I've noticed that, that you know, the African-American female entrepreneur is doing better than anyone else is addressing the needs of themselves. You know, they staying true to self, true to the needs of a community that has always been ignored. Just like how your mama, your auntie's going to figure out exactly how to take care of your nappy ass head. You know what I'm saying? Because there were no products in the store that were doing it. It's the same thing here, you know? And and that's not something that, that anybody who wants to get into this space should, should ignore as a, as a lesson um, that you can absolutely take exclusively almost from the, the, the woman of color in the space, especially the black woman of color in this space. Right. Um, just notice that the theme of all these breakout articles have been how POCs are not only in the market doing it with less resources, you know, against greater odds and coming out ahead. So before you go to all of these, you know, white affirming spaces for your cannabis information, start looking around you, start looking at your communities first, start looking at the people who they say shouldn't be in it, because normally you'll find out adversity breeds creativity. Now I'm saying so like y'all y'all don't need to go too far to find genius rolling all throughout these streets and that's why this is so important to focus on exactly how women who are really the underdogs of this society are actually going to make it in this space and thrive you know right. um uh, how much time we got left in, in this segment because I, I do want to kind of run through some of these other names really good ideas here. yeah true um so I think we have three minutes so. Um, I can go through uh, two more. So we have Megan D. She's a cannabis chef, educator, and consultant, as well as a CEO and co-founder of Oracle Infuse. It's a hemp-derived CBD wellness and personal care brand. So before she, I, what I like about her story is that she used to use cannabis recreationally and got arrested for it a couple of times. And her record was expunged. And the minute her record was expunged, she was like, okay, let me move to a state where I can sell this stuff legally. And let me start making, (laughs) yes. And let me start making opportunities. (laughs) And let me start making opportunities for other people. So I really liked her story and I liked how she kind of spun it and was able to actually take something that was negative because she had multiple charges. She didn't say how many, but they've been expunged. So now she's clear. I wouldn't say how many either, but (laughs) to sell and make her money. So I like that. She turned her weeds into flowers. Yes, yes. Clap up for that shit. Jazz hands. That's what my students do. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Sarita Wright is another one. She's an award-winning cannabis advocate, as well as the co-founder and chief of a marketing marketing 
Astro Hayes, a media company offering women of color space to learn about the numerous lifestyle career opportunities within the cannabis industry. So again, one of the things that you really it seems to be a theme here is that the women of color are coming in and trying to bring more women of color in and trying to really show, hey, this is what you can do once you enter this space. And it's not only, you know, selling weed or selling marijuana or selling CBD. It's actually you can um, learn how to advertise it. You can learn how to like take stock photos. So it's really learning that there's so many opportunities in this industry and to not just think about it with really tunnel vision, which I think a lot of people do. So the fact that women are coming in and showing other women, hey, you can be in this industry too, is not bad. And specifically, especially women of color coming in and showing that we can be in this industry too. That works, it works for everyone. As always, you know, once women of color, we come in, we make it better. Not our fault. That was so great. Sorry, can't help it. You know. That's perfect. (laughs) And even like as it pertains to like the health and wellness and the beauty space, like I'm really excited to see, you know, how that's going to continue to evolve. Because as a a well-moisturized brother, you know, I take my my health care, my skincare routine very seriously. So all the CBD product recommendations that could get slid over to me, you know. <laughs> See, you heard it here first, y'all. If you're trying to get your beauty tips game up, you know what I'm saying? You got solo smooth right here to go ahead and walk you through, walk you through the uh, the basics. <laughs> all right, y'all. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the roll up now that we have rolled up. And um, just let y'all know what we're talking about. Now, I know that that sounds odd, especially at this point, you know, is in the programming schedules, don't judge us, but we know that y'all already know that by this point in the program, we talk about women, specifically women in cannabis, and specifically, even more specific than that, why the future of the cannabis industry in this country is female. Um, And so... Forbes reporting, they actually ended up kicking it just the other day that um, the demand for female representation in the workplace has increased in like recent decades. Many industries, they still continue to find gender parity. I'm going to also add in, in parentheticals here for some <laughs> cough, cough, bullshit reason. You know, so especially at the leadership level, um, a lot of firms today seem to have a stark lack of estrogen producing individuals within its ranks or just them identifying persons. You know, cannabis on the other side of that, though, is kind of different. You know, cannabis has been regarded regarded as a haven for women in its early days, and um, still kind of is now. And it was home to impressive numbers of female executives in every facet of the market. Um, and in a 2019 study, about 37% of uh, executive level positions in the field of, of cannabis were held by women. And that figure is like... <laughs> Uh, massively above the national average of 21% for other, you know, comparative industries with the same market cap and, you know, and, and the like. Um, and so it, when you have an understanding of that, it makes it 
imperative that that BIPOC women are present in the in the green rush that we're experiencing right now, as the as our states legalize and counties that that you know normally would not be places in which you could ever imagine cannabis industry actually blossoming are actually doing just that right now, and more and more places will allow it to. It's going to be impossible for us to make a dent in the market, though, without women at the wheel, you know. Um, and so with, within that, we kind of uh, felt it was necessary to not only have that discussion, but then to also identify exactly if and why it might be necessary to, to support their participation, you know, just as a community. And then also, like, what are some of the thoughts as to how to do that? What approaches should we avoid? Because oftentimes, especially, you know, the fact that leadership in, in most of these places where these decisions are made are made by men. And we clearly mm-hmm. have an issue with gender parity in political leadership. What are some of the things that are just going to be a waste of goddamn time? You know, as seen from a femme affirming person's perspective. Real interested in getting that out, that message out there. Well, I would definitely say one of the things that can definitely happen in the industry is just to not be this overall feeling like women only have a specific position in which they can enter and only stay in that specific specific position. Just like if you look at any other industry that has women in it, they also always kind of be tends to be a way and a space, but that space is where women have to stay. So I think what's really been happening, like even if we look at the pandemic and how many women entrepreneurs have actually um, launched their business because of being in the pandemic and having all this time to kind of really think and go through their thoughts, it is becoming now we're noticing that, like you said, a lot of more women are entering these different spaces, especially the cannabis industry, and making their mark in it. So as far as, you know, what can be avoided, definitely just not make it seem like women or female presenting people are gender non-conforming people are not being told that this is their position and this is where they have to stay. And you can be tell people that loudly or not so loudly. So I definitely think it's something to think about. And as that's something to, that needs to happen in order, again, to make the industry continue to grow. So a climate of affirmation. Everyone loves a good positive affirmation, right? That works in anything that you do. So anytime you get positive affirmations, it will work like anytime. Like, wow, you made those fries really great. They were (laughs) delicious. <laughs> and that can go for eight positive affirmations make people feel good. So an affirming community is wonderful, yes. So it's it's interesting that y'all both that y'all both kind of make those points, right? Because one of the things that I was thinking like throughout this call and once again right now is that like that New York City level of wokeness is so different, yo. It's so heads, it's so heads and shoulders above everywhere else, honestly. 
So from thinking about something like accessibility um, in the conversation we were having earlier, or thinking about, you know, not just quote unquote females, right? But anyone who just presents as a as a woman or or identifies with uh with that uh gender identity, right? Just a more holistic uh viewpoint of like who we support and who we need to make this landscape equitable for. Um, I just think that's beautiful. So first I just wanna, you know, a little quiet, clap, a little quiet, a little violent solo for that. Cause that's just that's just so holistic. But then like just you know in the words of a fellow a fellow newarker you know poet jasmine mance is just buy weed from women yeah just keep it simple like buy weed from women buy weed from black women buy weed from women of color you know and this this is a question i want to post to y'all right so now you know audience we're firmly into the burn you see Smoke is being exhaled. Jay's oh, in hand. Copious. You no, know, you this see. Just respectful amounts, actually. You know, it's a wrap. You know what time it is. <laughs> That's a real call. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no take back seats. <laughs> the question I have, right, is how do you how do you prioritize these two thoughts, right? And you know, I'm, again, it's just a question. By wanting to support women. Black women and women of color uh, in cannabis, and then kind of the uh, well for California is definitely like to financial benefit, but then also like just the convenience and the experience of like wanting to go to like a dispensary and get you know exactly what you want when you want it versus you know really going maybe out of your way to support you know this woman of color that's working in cannabis who maybe isn't even doing it legally at this point, right? Like how do you how do you prioritize and navigate the two? Because in my experience, I've always bought weed from people of color up until I moved to California. Moving out here, I definitely buy weed mostly from the store. And them shits is owned by white people for the most part. That's why I'm so excited about this dispensary in South LA. Because I actually will pull up, you know. Hmm. I definitely think that you prioritize it by just knowing what you want and also being willing to explore. Like one of my favorite examples is if you go into the bread aisle, what do you see? You probably see like 60, 70 brands of bread. None of those companies are thinking my bread is the best bread ever. Well, some of them might, but they're still selling it and they're still marketing it. And they're still like, look, out of all these 69 other brands here, you should take our bread because. So it's kind of the same thing in the industry as you're having all these people, you're having all these things. So knowing what you want and then at the same time, also knowing that you going out of your way to support um, someone who is starting in the industry or someone who's looking to be represented more in the industry is important. So it's being willing to branch out. So, you know, okay, hey, you know, I really like um, five grain, you know, so I'm going to buy this five grain because I really like this brand. Me and this brand are great, but wait, hark, there's this brand over here. Looks a little new. Hmm. If that POC I see, 
okay, let me try it. Let me just, (laughs) you know, let me see what it is. And, you know, if it gives you what you're looking for, you're like, oh, wait, this, you know, this kind of knocks when I put some avocado on it. Okay. All right. I can do this. So now I know this is an option that I can go to and I can kind of um, continue to use. I kind of, that's the way I see it. I, I, my philosophy is the best feminine form, you know, like you got to be informed to be in contention for me for, for multiple decades. Now I've been smoking nothing but straight fire, you know? And if you ain't got that, then you off the list. Don't care if you female, whatever. Like I will go to my homie who's been reliable as shit for the last 10 years. But if you basically understood the assignment i know you could appreciate that uh, uh lady blue but you understand the assignment and you are the best informed in in the class of customer than i am then i see no reason why you shouldn't be the one to get the business you know what i'm saying like one you have a better customer service support line you know what i'm saying when i talk to you i feel like i'm respected now my regular my regular dealer he is functional he is fair but he also has the communication center of like a 16 bit NES cartridge you know what I'm saying like my man's isn't isn't really expressive with his with his with his game you know what I mean and it's functional the logistics are tight and I appreciate that but there are times where like you know I'd like to have a conversation. How are you? You know, how things? Me and my homie never talked like that in over 10 years. So that, that's one thing that I appreciate, the human touch that women bring to it. If you're, if you're that kind of dealer, then yeah, I'm going to fuck with you. And, and, and it's just because, like, as someone who has my educational background and shit, I know what the stakes are. It's not to say that any brother who who I already support with my business, you know, doesn't deserve the money. But I know exactly that the societal differences impact, the societal impact of exactly where that man is going to be spending his dough, his bread, and, and where women do. Just on average, right? So best female in form, best feminine form, that, that's who should get the business. But. You just can't be feminine expect to get the business. You got to be the best informed. You know what I'm saying? Because it's still business. You know what I'm saying? Business, nigga. <laughs> so take care of the business. And then you'll get the business is what I'm saying. You're more likely to get the business, I say. And do it with style and ass. You have to also, and, you know, someone being good in business, they also have to be given the chance and opportunity. So... Someone that's new. So say you're going to a woman from presenting non-gender conforming person and you're like, OK, they're new. I don't know what they can bring. So let me try it out. You do have to give people the chance to kind of show and prove. Yeah. Now, that opportunity part is important. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that can't get missed, because like if people never have the chance, that's where I'm coming from, where I'm like, sometimes it may mean you got to support the person with the legal operation up until they can make it legal and have it fully up and running. You know what I mean? Like, cause they may not get the opportunity Mm -hmm. otherwise and they may just always get, you know, pushed out, so to speak. And that's where it's just like, well, how much, 
you know, risk do you want to assume personally or how much inconvenience do you want to take on personally? Almost like, you know, to Vic's point, like, you know, you got to you got to have the qualifications to do business. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely see that. But that's why I'm like, at some point, at some level, there's always some way you can support you want to make sure you're supporting um, businesses that are overall um, doing something. And it's like, as a, hey, uh, we're marginalized too, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're making valuable decisions with our dollars every day. So we're not Very just true. going to go out there and, you know, make it rain on Black businesses, even though you should do it mm. as, mm. as much possible. and as often as you can, you know, to support mm-hmm. But, you know, you just got to that's where I'm coming from. We're like, how do you weigh those realities? Right. Where it's like, do you pay twice as much at the black business for the strain that is just as good? You know, do you pay a little bit more? You know what I mean? Because they are up and coming. Right. Because there's always that whole dynamic, too, is like when you're doing something for the homie or when you're doing something for the community that it should be for the hookup. You know, that mm. it should be for the discount versus like people are so willing, people line up to give their money away to like these luxury brands owned by white people or owned by people mm. that are just in general so far removed from your actual community, you know? So I think we got to be mindful of that dynamic too. And like sometimes it is just worth it to pay it forward. Like, you know, like yeah. um, I'm going to drop you know, $60 hundred dollars on this Etsy shop that I never heard of before, you know, <laughs> just on the, just on the strength, you know, just on the strength. Yeah. yeah. Like people do that. And, you know, you do it literally because um, you're supporting community and you're supporting, um, you know, they have a product that you want. So you're not just going, you know, you make tea cozies. Now I don't drink tea. I've never had tea. I think tea's horrible, but I'm going to buy 20 of your tea cozies and just have them. No, I'm coming to your business because you have something that I want. I might have to pay a markup for various reasons, but I'm willing to pay that markup because I'm here to support you. And I'm also here to support your product in an organic and natural way. Ha ha, weed. No more. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so so I mean tying it all together though, I think that there's a valuable lesson though to to the aspiring um femme affirming folk out there who who are interested in weed. That means like like we said, business is business. And if you take care of, of the general, you know, P's and Q's of that, if if you're consistent if you make sure that your funding streams are strong you know if you make sure that you're actually doing something that you enjoy because not everyone out here is meant to be is meant to be a narco <laughs> for sure now not all of y'all are meant to own dispensaries and the risk that that entails now all of y'all have the technical know-how not all of y'all gonna want to take on that kind of overhead or them kind of problems actually handling the product you know and that's just fine. Ain't nothing stopping you from becoming, you know, um, a, a baker or a chef or, like you said, did you say tea cozies? I think that that was the like, I don't know about any homie in the hood who is over here thinking about making tea cozies that are cannabis themed, especially for black women. Now, there's one or two probably out there, you know, not 
no shade on any any mask dudes out there who's just like, yo, I'm making tea cozies. This is my thing. Don't talk about me like I don't exist. I'm sorry if you exist out there, sir. That's not my fault. I did not mean to offend. But chances are you still have to ask a black woman as to exactly where you're going to sell them tea cozies anyway. There, there's some woman, some femme person who is conspiring with you to get them things out of your workshop and onto someone's table. They, they That's where they consume tea, I'm affirming. I don't use a tea cozy, so I don't know where you would put a tea cozy, but I'm assuming that the tea cozy would go with... Fuck it. Let's continue. So, so within that, it's just... Take whatever your product is or your interest is in cannabis or in business. See how you can marry those things to the identity and to the population that you already know. If all you know is women, then find out ways to sell to women. Because I guarantee you, there are a lot of men who will not be thinking about specifically women and what their specific needs are. You know, you had, um, actually, we can actually roll back one sec. Who was that? Uh, that shorty, in the article that you ended up bringing to to the breakout blue. Um, wait, 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 wait. Cause da da da. Ah, her name is Simone Gates, right? So check this. Gates is a corporate wellness chain, like you said, but that I think she has a CBD infused like wellness skincare brand, specifically to to address inflammation. Now, my shorty. She actually deals with that shit a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, as I was reading this, I was just like, let me go ahead and like, you know, stash that away because that's something that I've actually had a lot of my my female homies talk about when it comes to exercise. And there is a, a growing body of evidence that does suggest that that there some can sometimes be issues with recovery when it comes down to women and exercise, you know. It's just a physical and biological difference that is not being addressed, though, by the market. Up until a woman says, like, yo, I'm tired of hurting and now I'm not making anything. So I'll make it if I have to. So if you have the skill, you have the, the insight and you're paying attention, you have uh, access to a market that the average masculine person does not and might not even be thinking for, thinking about, you know, and within that case, that breeds opportunity. And opportunity is still the magic that, that makes this all worth it in the first place for you. First mover advantage, first mover advantage is also a thing. Something else to think about, ladies, and, and other fan folk out there. So y'all. Indeed, yes. You know, first moves work, you know, in business may not work. You know, if we're talking beyond business, sometimes depends on who you're applying the first move to. But most of the time, first moves definitely um, being the first or. Right, I mean, where we're at. I mean as, as far as politicians that we still like, uh, I, I don't really know if that ever was really a thing. It might have been Dinkins. It might have been Dinkins. And Dinkins was black in a time where black people were still kind of like, I mean, we still are kind of uh, weird with society, but back then it was kind of like, uh. so, so he wasn't exactly effective, but Mayor Dinkins had team spirit. You know what I'm saying? And I could respect that. Yeah. So that's my vote. I don't know if y'all have your own favorite New York uh, uh, criminal, I mean, politician. If you do, 
That's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Mine is if we're if we're talking about you know super villain level. Mine has to be Bloomberg, yeah. Oh yes, he looks like a super villain, and he's like, short. Yeah. He's <laughs> like one, like. When I met Bloomberg, I didn't like read. I, I wasn't like reading on bios with him, so I was expecting to meet like a titan of industry, and technically I did, but it was a very underwhelming effect, you know, because he was about eh, yay high, and I was just like, <laughs> he's so cute. <laughs> and then he shook my hand, and that was it. And I never saw him again. And then you know what happened next? He had the last laugh because then. He gentrified New York and yeah, the rest. <laughs> <laughs> and now yeah, I can't get in the park. Short this motherfucker. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Politician. Uh... Politicians. Um, so Shirley we Jeff. are now at the end. We have burned down to the very tips. You know, we now got the rubber fingers. And um it's been a blast, actually. I, I couldn't have hoped for a better outcome for this return to the loud burn. No rhyme intended, but you know what? No cap either. That that was fantastic. Thank you. No, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you, Solo. Thank mm. you, Lady Blue. Thank you, Lady Blue. Mm. 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 You should see how she's over here looking... With, with soft eyes at the camera, and that almost makes it better. Because you know what? You know what? After a long day, your homies are your homies. And a bromance will always have its place. But your female homies, though, will make you feel like, you, like you're invincible. You know what I'm saying, yo? You know what I'm saying? Like, without even trying. They're not, they don't give a fuck. But, like, oh, listen, like, I'm tired. Uh, got crust in my eyes and shit. But for the, for, for the dudes... And the other masked individuals who are into women like that, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. With that very, very awkward transition, thank you for listening to, <laughs> to the Wild Bird Podcast. We are your hosts coming from the East Coast. That is Vic the X, Brooklyn's finest, the blunt baddie, Lady Blue. Yeah. And on the West. We got our man, Don Juan Solo, hailing from the great city of L.A., coming from us to you, wherever y'all at, y'all hosts, safely y'all goodbyes, because we are out of here. Burn bright and burn loud, mom.